It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we are so excited you are here with us today. We just want to take the time to thank everyone for your support that you've given us so far on the podcast. It means the world to Tabitha and I. We didn't have a clue how we would be perceived, but so far, y'all have been so great and we appreciate the support. I know some people have asked and some people may be asking themselves, how can we continue to support the Purposeful Women of God podcast in this ministry. Basically, it's easy. If you listen to an episode that helps you, share it. Send it to your friends because God may be wanting to use you to reach someone else. Secondly, engage with us on social media. Every like, comment, and share gives the opportunity for us to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus. Lastly, if you've enjoyed the podcast so far, give us a five-star review wherever you stream your podcasts. Those are just simple ways that go a really long way to support our ministry. And And we appreciate every single way that y'all help us. So thank you guys so much. Yes, we appreciate it. And always go check out our website. There's always more detail on there. If you need to contact us or if there's any, you want to get in touch with us for any reason, check out our website, purposefulwomenofgod.com. And there's a contact form on there. Fill it out and we'll get back to you usually within 24 hours. Yep, we try our best. Yeah. So Ashley, let's talk about our weekend. I'll go ahead and kind of just tell everybody a little bit about what we did. We went to um, our twins. They had their first t-ball game of the season. So you can imagine how fun that was. Yeah, Uh, Derek used to coach Landon when he was playing. And so he's kind of come out of retirement to help coach. (laughs) So it's been fun watching them kind of interact together and and start playing ball. So, but um, they both did great. They worked hard. Um, they hustled. So those are some things That's that good. he's been talking to them about. So that was really fun. So, but I think you guys had a pretty oh, interesting, man. exciting weekend. Would you share some of that with us? Oh, I guess it was exciting. So Saturday was my son Pace's first race in his race car. Um, and it was at Lanier Motor Speedway in Brazelton. It was this first race he's ran in the car and first time ever being in it, never practiced in it. And I was I was a nervous wreck. I can't hardly stand it. It just wrecks my nerves. I've told my husband <laughs> when he was doing the few races in the quarter midget class, I couldn't take it. I couldn't even go. But I prayed a lot about it. And I'm like, I want to support him. So I want to go. I want to be there. But that first practice that he went out in, I think he spun out like, Three or four times. Oh, my goodness. That would um, be crazy. He was just trying to, you know, figure the car out and figure his line out. And he was out there with, like, 11 or 12 other cars. That's oh what made it goodness. work. So, it's, yeah. like, his first time in the car. And it's not like he's just out there getting the hang of it practicing. He's with 11 or 12 other cars. And most of them are kids. Yeah. Y'all, they're kids. It's not like... They're, you know, they have this sense about them of what's around them. Yeah. And, you know, you, that just kind of comes with, with the territory with practicing and, and getting the experience. But it was nerve wracking. 
after the first practice, I felt a little bit better. I, I, it just, I don't know. I just think the worst. I don't know. Is, is that, is that bad? Do all moms do that? Or is it just me? No, I think we all, oh yeah. Gosh. When it's our kids out there. Mm. Uh, so my husband has raced ever since we started dating. He, you know, he's, he's raced since he was like 16. So watching him, I would be a nervous wreck, but your child, yeah, it is a whole different ball game. So, but anyways, I got through it. He ended up doing really great. There ended up being two races that night and it turned, it turned out great. He did great. He, most of all, he enjoyed himself. So that's good. at least they only race like once a month. So I'll have a heart attack <laughs> only once, once a month, a month. <laughs> only once a month. And then we'll get through it. Yeah. But yeah. So I know it is nerve. It's, it's nerve wracking to watch your kids out there and just, we know as moms what the danger is. Yeah. They have no clue. No. And they're so agile and he and will, I don't want to freak out for him too. Yeah. You know, Aaron's like, you're, you're going to get in his head. You're going to, you yeah. know, I found out later that he was nervous too. Really? Yeah. Cause he was, I don't know. He just was acting not like himself Saturday. And he was like, well, I was nervous too. Cause he's never been in the car and it's completely different than the other car he had. And so I, I did find out he was nervous too, but yeah, it's just, it's different. So I try not to get in his head because I know then that could get him worried about things that otherwise he's not worried yeah. about and mess him up more. So Right. I try to compose myself the best I can, but maybe with, with time, it'll get better. Well, I'm sure it will be. I mean, his first time being out there, so I'm sure yeah. after this, maybe your your nerves will calm down a little maybe. bit. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. We'll, we'll keep you posted yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, but we are really excited about the episode today. As we have been telling you guys, we're doing our foundational series, which is a series of four episodes. Our first one was on how sin entered and how we became sinners in the first place. And then, you know, we took it our second episode into salvation, the most important decision you will ever make. And today we are going to be talking about, okay, so you're saved now. What's next? So Tabitha, go ahead and introduce our topic of the week. All right. Well, we're going to be discussing a Christian word if there ever was one, sanctification. So as Ashley's already said, this is our week three of building a foundation in the Christian faith. But before we really dig into this topic, there's something very important that I really want everyone to understand. Salvation is in Christ alone by faith alone. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 specifically tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If it were anything that I had done myself to earn salvation, then I could brag about that. Maybe I did better than someone else. But it's not anything that I have done. It's all of what Christ has done on the cross. There is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. It is a free gift offered to every person. And I say all of that as we're going to talk about sanctification today, because with sanctification comes works, comes good works. It's holy living. And I think that we need to understand that because this is separate from our salvation. Our salvation, justification is instantaneous. And then this is what happens after salvation. So I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page with that. And so today we're going to be talking about what next. So I am a believer. I'm a child of God. What is my responsibility as a child of God next? 
Yeah, and unfortunately, this is an area where the church is often a little weak. Yes. You know, if I'm honest, it's it's great that we want to see people saved, but we sometimes neglect to disciple them, to teach them, and to advise them on what comes next, what it is like to be a Christian, and what the next steps are to grow in their faith. And that's exactly why we're teaching on this today. Sanctification is defined as the action of declaring something holy to set it apart for God's special use and purpose. So as we've already said, salvation is instantaneous. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But sanctification is a process. But here's the misunderstanding of sanctification. A believer could say things like, well, I used to be an alcoholic, but I no longer drink. Or I used to be a liar, but now I'm honest in everything that I do. And we can brag about those things that we quit doing. Or we can brag about the things that we do now. Well, I got baptized or I go to church. But sanctification is not just a behavioral modification, but it is an inner working of the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit purifies us by making us holy, but we are a participant in that sanctification process by giving the Holy Spirit liberty to work through us by doing things that are holy, living righteously, turning from sin, doing those good works. That's all part of of sanctification, but it's not all of what we are doing to change our behavior. It's what the Holy Spirit is doing through us. So sanctification can be, this has probably been, I know this is only episode three, but this has been the most difficult topic for me to even study out because it can be very complicated to talk about this, but we're going to try our best to break it down into simple terms while explaining the importance of every child of God striving to live holy. So like I do, a lot of times we're going to go back to the Old Testament and the book of Leviticus. All right, so I'm reading through the the whole Bible right now, and Leviticus is one of those books that's kind of difficult to to read all the way through. So, Ashley, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about the book of Leviticus? Yeah, I mean, oftentimes we think about it's just a list of rules and laws, and a lot of people honestly say, "What this doesn't have anything to do with me today," and kind of will skip right over Leviticus, right? Because we don't live by those same sacrificial laws that they lived by then, or we don't have to do all the cleansing rituals and all of that that they did back then. So it can definitely seem that it's just a list of rules. And most of the time we do want to overlook this book because it's it's difficult to read. It's really kind of hard to read. But it did serve as a handbook for the Hebrew people to know how to live holy and righteous before God. So Leviticus 19.2 It says, the Lord tells Moses to speak unto the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, ye shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Again, in Leviticus 20 verse 7, the Lord says, sanctify yourselves therefore and be ye holy for I am the Lord your God. God had very high expectations for his chosen people. And that's what the book of Leviticus um, was showing them of how to live righteously and holy. That's right. And, you know, after the Israelites were freed from the Egyptian bondage and God God was bringing them towards the promised land, this is the book of Leviticus. He's setting them in this camp and he's telling them, this is now how I want you to live. This is how you're supposed to live going forward. Um, But, you know, some might that are listening might be saying, but that's Old Testament. 
So what does the New Testament have to say about sanctification? Well, so exactly what you were alluding to just a minute ago, and this is, I'm, I'm taking this from my husband, Derek, because he was teaching on this the other night, but he was teaching a little while back and he said that Leviticus is to Exodus what the epistles are to the gospels. So what do I mean by that? Exodus was when the Lord brought the Israelites from bondage. That's when he saved them. Now, Leviticus is their direction and their instruction on how to live holy. Same way for us in New Testament. The Gospels, okay, what are the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John bring salvation through Jesus. The epistles follow, okay? There's lots of epistles, but an example like Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and so on, give us today directions to righteous, holy living. So just like God had high expectations for his chosen people back then, he also has high expectations for me and you as his children now. So Ashley, we've got some verses. Why don't you just go ahead and share the next few verses from the New Testament that kind of relate to those verses that we read from the Old Testament. First Peter 1.16 says, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. First Thessalonians 4.7, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I think we kind of understand what sanctification is, being this process of trying to live a holy life. Right. And I was reading something, and it was kind of neat how they put it. So, you know, you think about sanctification is being set apart for a design purpose. Mm-hmm. It's just like, If you wear, for example, a pair of, if you use a pair of glasses, they're sanctified when they help you see better. So it's, you're using those glasses for its design purpose to help you see better. Oh, that's good. And it's just as God called us Christians. So, you know, in a theological standpoint, us as human beings are sanctified when we are living according to the purpose God has set us aside for. That's good stuff. So, um... That's just something to keep in mind. So now we kind of understand what sanctification is and the importance of holiness and righteous living and choosing to live a life that is set apart from the world. But some people may be asking the question that so many do after you get saved, what if I sin? Well, that's a great question to ask because first of all, you will. Oh yeah. (laughs) We all will. While, you know, we read 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we are a new creation. We will still contend with our flesh until the Lord gives us a glorified body. Apostle Paul, who was one of the greatest, if not the greatest missionary outside of Jesus himself, he explains that in Romans 7. He's like, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do them. And the Mm -hmm. things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Yes. He even says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And so we experience that as Christians. We know that we still have this earthly flesh that we are contending with. We want to live holy. I want to do everything that is right. I want to live righteous before God. But I contend with my flesh and I find myself like so many of all of us do. We still sin. We know what is right. We know what we should do. And then we still sin. That's right. And I think we have to we have to be careful about some people. I've heard of some people teaching and some people believing that 
after salvation and you go through the sanctification process and you are freed from all your sins, like you won't sin anymore. It's not in you. And it's, that's just not true. I mean, the Bible tells us in several verses that, oh, you're going to sin. That's what forgiveness is for. And that's what repentance is for. And that's what, you know, come to me for forgiveness because he knows we're all human. We're all going to sin. We're all going to deal with the fleshly things that we that we go through and that we deal with before we're saved right and first peter 2 2 it kind of gives us an illustration of that it talks about like a newborn baby mm-hmm. you know a newborn baby desires milk and even as us as christians that's how we are we yeah. are drinking milk you know we've got to start small we don't start eating steak and potatoes ashley you know you and i both are moms like Let's kind of talk about nourishing our babies. Like, what does that yeah, kind of look I mean, like? You know, a, a baby only has milk until they they reach, what, about six months. And then you can start yeah. introducing really soft, mushy baby right. food, <laughs> you know, for a while. And then once they start, okay, we're good with that. Let's move on to something and then give them some potatoes. And then you start cutting up food and really small yeah. bites. And they take the really small bites before they can have larger portions and, you know, larger meals and things that are hard to chew, you know? Well, and that's exactly like us spiritually, Mm -hmm. right? So when we are first saved, we are just like that newborn baby that begins with milk. Um, We have to start drinking the milk of the word. We won't know how to live perfect, sinless lives as babes in Christ because we don't know everything that the Bible says right then. And so I think a lot of new Christians get very frustrated because they see how mature Christians are living and they want to be like that, but they find themselves sometimes... um, living in sin or continuing to sin and they don't want to do that. And so it's just this battle in our minds sometimes. Um, But I heard John MacArthur the other day kind of put it this way in a sermon. He says, a newborn baby looks like his father, but he doesn't act like him yet. But as the father nurtures and trains him, then he begins to act like him. And the same is true for us spiritually. The more we grow and learn and we take those little baby steps or we take that little milk and then we start getting into the mushy food, you know, and as we grow, we also will take on those characteristics of God. Yeah, that's right. And I think we all must understand too that, you know, somebody that gets saved older in life, even though they are older, they are still babies a baby in Christ. In yeah, Christ. That's a good and point to make. You still have to start with the milk. Yeah. Um, and give yourself time, give yourself grace because it will come. But it definitely doesn't mean that we're not going to sin. Right. But here's the best part um, one of my very favorite verses, 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is yep. faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the God that we serve. He will not neglect us if we sin. He won't leave us in in our sin. That's right. But if we will repent and turn from it, he will forgive us and wash us clean. And that's exactly right. It's just what you just said. We have to remember, though, that we've been saved. We're trying to live this holy life. We're going through the sanctification process. Although we may sin and we ask for forgiveness, we have to really repent from that sin. And it's mm-hmm. a true turning away from the sin. So it's not continuing to live in the same sin day in and day out and asking for forgiveness every day. Yeah. So, all right. So we understand what sanctification is, but what is the purpose for today's teaching? We always want to take it back to what is the purpose? Well, so 
And in explaining that, I have a question. How can we even begin to fulfill our purpose in Christ if we are not living holy lives? Christ became sin for us so that we can be joint heirs with him in heaven one day. The least we can do for him is to live for him now. That's exactly right. So what is our challenge for the week? As we know, we want to challenge everybody each week and not just everybody listening, but to challenge Tabitha and I. Because sometimes we get lost within this whole process mm-hmm. of sanctification ourselves. Things in life can make you bitter. Things in, yeah. you know, and it's it's the whole fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to get into that. But it's how do you treat others and how how do you come across? How do you treat your enemies? I mean, even something right. small like that can make us go back and, oh, let's, let's look back at this process. And am, am I really living holy? So... What are some practical things that we can begin today to be more like Christ and to start living holy lives? Okay, well, first I want to say this whole teaching is an aerial view of sanctification. We could dig down and start talking about specific sins and things like that. We don't have that. That would keep us here all day long. But I just want everyone to understand this. This is the concept of sanctification and what it means. But okay, so our challenge for the week and practical things that we can begin to do is if you are a new believer, even if you've been saved for a a long time, the very first step for you to take after salvation is baptism. Um, And I'm not going to read these verses, but just some um, scripture that talks about that. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, Romans 6, Colossians 2, 12, all explain the importance of baptism after salvation. What is baptism? Nothing to do with my salvation. I'm already saved. It is a public profession of us dying to our old self and being raised with Christ as a new creature. So baptism, number one. Number two, join a local church. Now make sure they are Bible believing. They are scripturally sound. But Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Listen, going to church is more than just a Sunday morning experience. It's Bible study, it's community, it's accountability, it's experiencing love and hope and comfort from other believers, and it's also a great way for us to use our own spiritual gifts that God has given us. Yeah, that's right, and it's important for us to participate in fellowship with other believers, especially as the dark times that we're in Don't forsake that fellowship. Find yourself other believers to hold on to and build friendships with because that's what's going to get us through these these hard days. It's very important. You know, a lot of people will say, well, I can still be a Christian and not go to church. Yes, I believe that. Yes. But I also know that the church is where we are going to experience that growth. Yes. The church is where we're going to experience that accountability and that community that we cannot get anywhere else. All right, so we've got baptism, joining a local church. And thirdly, I'd like to say just to study on your own and spend consistent time in prayer. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So if you are, you know, new to Bible study, where can you begin? You know, we talked about the epistles today. If you are saved... A great place to start is reading the epistles and learning about holy living. And then fourthly, 
as we've talked about today in the sanctification process, be holy as God is holy. So I heard another sermon the other day that was talking about how we can do good things as a non-believer. You know, I know people who are not Christians who do really good things. And this is kind of harsh, but those good things mean nothing. Mm -hmm. It's only when the Holy Spirit is working within us that those good works that we have have meaning to glorify Christ. And we talk about that as purposeful women of God, that our calling and our purpose in life is to give God glory. And one way that we can do that is by living holy lives. So prior to salvation, our good deeds that we do are just that. It's a good deed. But when Christ lives within us, those good deeds then glorify our Father in heaven. And on the other side of holy living, when we sin, don't stay in that sin. Confess it and turn away from it. That's right. You know, we can discuss some more specific things that you can do to help with this process of sanctification, but walking by faith through the Holy Spirit. First Peter 1, 2 is a good scripture for that. And then, you know, trust that we are free from sin. Romans 6, 11, you know, we truly believe that once saved, always saved. And yes. we've, we've talked about that in our salvation episode. So trust in that. Never doubt your salvation. Trust that you are free from your sin and then respond to God's discipline. And I want to read this verse. It's Hebrews 12, 11. And so many of us don't like discipline. Oh no, I don't so, like it. <laughs> so let's 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 talk about discipline a little bit. How many of us love to be disciplined when we were growing up as yeah. children, right? No. Um, we didn't, but it's so important for growth. Sometimes yeah. God has to discipline his children. Yeah. Um, so Hebrews twelve eleven says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So it may seem harsh now, but, you know, once you get over that, you know, initial, oh, that preacher's talking about yeah, me. How many times have we been in church and <laughs> yeah. listened to a sermon and been like, oh, he's up there preaching about me. I, I just cannot believe yeah. that he's up there pointing his finger at me. Once we get over that initial and then we kind of sit back and we're like, Oh, that wasn't the preacher talking to me. Yeah. The preacher doesn't know that what the I'm Lord speaking that was to my the heart. Lord speaking through the preacher. And that's how you know who's up there yeah. is an anointed person of God. And he's sending him that message through him to speak to you. Take it and apply it to your lives. If we sit, you know, underneath a pastor that we're listening to sermons every Sunday, if we're going to Bible studies, if we're going to revival meetings, if we never take anything away from mm -hmm. the teachings and truly let it cleanse our lives and convict us and show us where we're doing wrong, we'll, we'll never grow in the sanctification process. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, one other thing that I want to add um, before we close out is that as Ashley and I are teaching on this today, in no way are we saying that we have arrived. Oh, no. We both are a work in progress, just like all of you. I, I was reminded of this song. You remember the old song that we used to sing as kids? He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. That's right. Yes, I <laughs> Go do. Go ahead and finish it. Do you Took remember? Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, <laughs> yep. the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. Yep. <laughs> yes. How loving and patient he must be. He's, He's still, still working, working on, on me. me. 
And that is true for all of us. So, so true. Thank you guys for listening. But I am going to just pause and let's pray today as we are all just kind of taking this journey together and praying that all of you know Christ, but then also that we are all um, learning and growing so that we can live holy before a holy and righteous God. So let's just pray real quick before we close out. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today and we thank you for this time together with all of these ladies that have listened today. And God, we just ask that you be with each one of us, Lord, as we, as children of God, want to live holy and righteous before you. And I pray that you would just give us the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of your word so that we can make the right decisions and to live holy before you. God, you are good and we are unworthy of all that you have done, but we just thank you for loving us the way that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Next week, we will be diving into how to study your Bible and giving you some tools to take you deeper into your study. So make sure you're following along wherever you listen to your podcast so you're notified as soon as the episode is released. Thank you for your love and support. And as always, remember, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.